these sacred songs that the people of God uh, sang together to praise the Lord, to worship the Lord. And they're written for our comfort, our learning, our edification. And we're in Psalm 97, the psalm of gospel triumph. And we especially want to look at verse 12 tonight and really think about what it means when the, the psalmist says that we would remember, we would give thanks at the remembrance of His holiness. So let's start at verse 1 of Psalm 97. The Lord reigneth, let the earth rejoice. Let the multitude of isles be glad thereof. How many islands are there out there, beloved? Almost a million, nine hundred thousand, right? See, y'all got trivia, trivia on tap now that you can wow people with, right? All right, yeah. Even the isles be glad there are clouds and darkness are round about him. Righteousness and judgment are the habitation of his throne. A fire goeth before him and burneth up his enemies round about. His lightnings enlighten the world. The earth saw and trembled. The hills melted like wax at the presence of the Lord, at the presence of the Lord of the whole earth. The heavens declare His righteousness, and all the people see His glory. Confounded be all they that serve graven images, that boast themselves of idols, worship Him, all ye gods. Zion heard and was glad. And the daughters of Judah rejoice because of thy judgments, O Lord. For thou, Lord, art high above all the earth. Thou art exalted far above all gods. And I just want to pause there and say that that is especially true of God's holiness, isn't it? All these other gods that are out there that were created by man, even at their own acknowledgement, these gods had faults. But... Is there any fault in Jehovah? No, He is exalted above all gods. He is the Holy One, right? Thou art holy. For thou art high above all gods, above all the earth, thou art exalted far above all gods. Ye that love the Lord hate evil. He preserveth the souls of His saints. He delivereth them out of the hand of the wicked. Light is sown for the righteous and gladness for the upright in heart. Rejoice in the Lord, ye righteous, and give thanks at the remembrance of His holiness. The holiness of God. What comes into your mind, or how much do you actually think or meditate on the holiness of God? I think that the majority of us, we don't, not try to think about God's holiness uh, per se, but we probably don't actively seek that out maybe the way that we should because in doing that, it automatically convicts us of sin, doesn't it? Uh, and so a lot of times in our fleshly nature, we oftentimes will avoid things that are convicting uh, uh, to us, but we need to be convicted, don't we? We we need to think on 
and dwell on and appreciate and be thankful for the holiness of God. And so I just, uh, just a quiet prayer in the heart tonight. Lord, help me to think about your holiness more. Help me to love it. Help me to delight in that fact that you are holy, even if it does convict me of my sin. God's holiness is so precious to him, beloved. The scriptures describe it as that which God swears by. Let's go to Psalm 89 just quickly, just a few uh, psalms back. Um, and God uh, making this covenant. Just notice this, that there's some things that the scripture says that God swears by. God says, I swear, when I could have swear by any other, I swear by my own name. Because his name is holy, isn't it? He, the scriptures also at another point would say he swore by his power. But here we see how precious his holiness is to him. Uh, it's almost like the idea that I would rather not be God than to not have my holiness. He says in Psalm 89 verse 35, Once have I sworn by my holiness that I will not lie unto David. And so when men, you got to be careful about making vows and about swearing. The Bible says be very careful about that. But the Bible says when you do that, you do that upon something that is so precious to you. Something that is sacred to you, that really means something. So God, and God making a promise, He said, I make this promise upon my own holiness. That if I would, I would break this, Promise to David, I would cease to be God, is basically what he is saying. And it is called, uh, the holiness is called the beauty of God. Let's go to 2 Chronicles, the book of 2 Chronicles. Could you turn there, chapter 20. You know, all of God's attributes are wonderful. Amen? Amen. I mean, he is altogether lovely, isn't he? Uh, there's no fault in him. But do you know that when we speak in theological terms and in the study of God, which is what theology is, there's a crowning attribute in all the attributes of God. There is an attribute that flows through all the rest of the attributes and gives them beauty and glory above all, and it is the holiness of God. It is the crowning attribute of God himself it is called the beauty of God himself is his holiness second chronicles chapter 20 and uh, we're looking at verse 21 we read he said and when he had consulted with the people he appointed singers unto the Lord that they should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army and to say, Praise the Lord, for His mercy endureth forever. So holiness to God is something that adorns Him, adorns all His attributes. We are even to worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. The Scripture commands us. I want to read to you what Stephen Charnock, 
who most of you know is my favorite theologian. I think he is the theologian of theologians. Anybody can disagree with me if they want to. That's just my humble opinion. This is what he said about the holiness of God. He said, this is the crown of all his attributes, the life of all decrees, the brightness of all his actions, for nothing is decreed by him, nothing is acted by him, but is worthy of the dignity and becoming the honor of his holiness. And I say, Amen. See, God's righteousness and holiness are closely tied together, but what God's righteousness is actually God's holiness taking action. God doing right things that stem and flow from His attribute of holiness. Because God is holy, all that He does is righteous. Amen? Amen. Yes. So, just kind of uh, setting the table for this to that we learn how to remember His holiness. It's, it's so important to God. God swears by His own holiness. God is clothed. Uh, all His attributes, His grace is only beautiful because it's a holy grace. His love is only beautiful because it's a holy love. His power is beautiful because it's holy power. Is the Father holy, beloved? Yes. Is the Son holy? Yes. Is the Spirit holy? Isn't it amazing that this attribute is the only one in which the cherubims that circle the throne of God from everlasting to everlasting, they don't cry grace, grace, grace. They don't cry mercy, mercy, mercy. They don't cry eternity, eternity, eternity. They cry holy, holy, holy over and over and over and over and over and over again. All of that kind of gives me spiritual goosebumps in my, my soul to think about actually viewing that scene and hearing that one day. Oh, how it impacted Isaiah, right? In Isaiah 6, in the year that King Uzziah died, he said, I saw the Lord high and lifted up, and His train filled the temple. And the angels were crying, Holy, holy, holy. And, and man, uh, this is like we said, uh, when we view the holiness of God, when we think about the holiness of God, it convicts us because Isaiah said, Woe is me. I am a man of unclean lips and dwell among a people that are unclean as well. And so it is awesome to think about the holiness of God. So number one tonight, as we want to try to learn, and, and y'all look like to me like y'all are getting cold. Turn that up one time. Uh, we want to remember the nature of His holiness. Remember the nature of His holiness. Now, God is holy unlike any other being, right? Amen? Do y'all agree? So we're called His holy ones. And we are holy. That means God has a... I, that y'all report came that Brother Andy preached about justification. What a wonderful doctrine that God has declared us right, that God looks at us because of the work of Christ as if we had never sinned, right? But God has never sinned, <laughs> amen? We had to be justified. Did God have to be justified, Mary Reese? 
No, he is the just and justifier of them that believe in his. Do y'all know why that he could justify us? Because he's holy. And his, the demands of his holiness were met. Hallelujah. That's why he's the just and the justifier of them that believe in Jesus. And so when we talk about the nature of his holiness, the essence of his holiness, it is unlike any other. Now, there are beings that God created that have never sinned. Do y'all know who they are? Who are they? The elect angels angels of God, right. God has kept them in 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 a footing in which he has never allowed them to sin. Hallelujah that God can do that. That gives me a great hope of heaven. That he can also hold me in that uh, as well uh, when we are glorified. But uh, those angels, if God were to remove his restraint, their vanity also could lead them to fall and to disgrace themselves before God. God is the only being that is absolutely incapable of sin or, or evil of any kind. Hallelujah. God, if you'd write this down, God is perfect and unpolluted and free from all evil. Oh, I long, I long to be that way, don't you? I get so tired of being a sinner sometimes. I get so tired of failing my great God. Do you not as well? Oh, I'm so glad that one day I'll love him with an unsinning heart. I'll be clothed in his righteousness never to sin again. But beloved, he has never sinned. Hallelujah. He is perfect and unpolluted and free from all evil. Put this verse down, 1 John 1, 5. This then, I can quote it because I learned it. I memorized all of 1 John, 2 John, and 3 John when I was a boy at Liberty Parental Guidance School. Thank you, Mom and Dad, for sacrificing for us and sending us there. Uh, how wonderful that we went to a place where we, could, we were encouraged, made, <laughs> to memorize the Word of God. This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. Beloved, when we're talking about the nature of his holiness, about the perfect and unpolluted uh, essence of God, we are talking about that he is essentially and necessarily holy. He is essentially and necessarily holy. And what this basically means is, is that if this wasn't true about God, He is not God. He's not God. A a God that is not completely holy is not God. He's not the true and living God or the God of the Bible. Oh, how Peter would challenge us to say and remind us of the Scripture, be holy for I am holy he is essentially and necessarily holy he is absolutely holy he is intensely holy he is perpetually holy we can't say that about ourselves can we now we get fired up we we will go out of here tonight rejoicing in the 
the holiness of God. We will have desires to be holy. We will um, uh, set determined courses uh, uh, to be holy. But soon, soon, beloved, the spirit will be willing, but the flesh will be weak, won't it? Our intensity fades. Our perpetuity uh, doesn't have the staying power of the Almighty. But God has always been holy. He's holy now. He's always going to be holy. And He is intensely holy. That's why His hatred burns against sin. Why? Because He's a mad uh, tyrant. No, because He's holy. If he, if he wasn't God and He didn't hate sin, He wouldn't be holy. And He hates your sin. He hates all sin. He hates my sin. He hates it intensely. We see it, how much He does in what He allowed to happen to His own Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. How did it please the Lord to bruise Him? That's how holy that He is. So remember that, that that is the nature of His holiness. Absolutely holy, intensely holy, perpetually holy, necessarily holy. Then secondly, as we remember His holiness, remember the demonstrations of His holiness. You see, God would be holy, God would be immutable if He had never created one single thing in the universe. He is all these things in Himself, whether He ever displayed them or not. But God, in His unsearchable, unsearchable counsels and, and wills and decree, determined that He was going to display His glory throughout a universe, uh, throughout a providence and time, and throughout salvation in this world. And He determined to do that sovereignly. And He has done that. And so one of the things that is a result of, of God determining that is He has put His holiness on display. Now, there are three main areas that I want you to just think about, about God, how God has demonstrated His holiness. One is as our Creator and our Benefactor. When God made everything, God said it is what? Good, right? It is, it is good. He he made man upright, did he not? He made man happy and what? Holy. And God is good uh, to all his creatures. And he demonstrates his holiness as our creator and our benefactor. But then secondly, that, that is something that is, that is universal uh, to all men. And then specifically also... Uh, he has demonstrated His holiness as the lawgiver and the judge of all the earth. Who can find fault in any of the Ten Commandments? No. What are the Ten Commandments? They're a mirror, right? That show us the perfect moral character of God. They reveal, the Ten Commandments reveal God's holiness to us and they reveal our sinfulness to us. They show the gap. That is some, the somewhat of the gap. It's infinitely more even than that between the Creator 
and the creature. But in his giving us laws, even think about the first law that he gave to Adam and Eve, it was holy, it was just, it was right, and he judged them in a holy way, and he will judge all men in a holy way according to his holy law, according to his own holiness. Who is the standard for what is right and what is wrong? Who has determined those things? It is God. Why does he get to determine those things? Because he is God and because he's a holy God. And thirdly, as restorer and redeemer, he has demonstrated his holiness. He wouldn't sweep the sin of his people underneath the proverbial rug, would he? No, but he, he meted out the, his wrath, his hatred against your lying, my lustful thoughts, our pitiful attempts at service to God. He meted them all on the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he drank the dreg of the cup of the wrath of God for us, beloved. And God satisfied His holiness and extended His grace to us. But it was never at the expense of His holiness that we are justified and have been made right before Him. His holiness was satisfied. Yes, and He uh, is, has demonstrated His holiness. And, and so we see that God, beloved, isn't this amazing, that God cannot commit any evil or will any us unjust thing because of his holiness. Just want to go to a couple of scriptures just for us to see them, remind ourselves of them. We got to go to Isaiah. We got to go to Isaiah. Like we said, holy, 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 right? Let's just look at this again because it is, it is so amazing, this view that Isaiah uh, had received. And it's the view that we need to have uh, as well Isaiah chapter 6 verse 1 in the year that King Uzziah died I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne high and lifted up and his train filled the temple above it stood the seraphims each one had six wings with twain he covered his face with twain he covered his feet and with twain he did fly and one cried unto another and said holy Holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of His glory. And the post of the door moved at the voice of Him that cried. And the house was filled with smoke. And then you see the reaction of Isaiah. Uh, I also would like to go uh, to the book of Romans. Romans chapter 9. Could you turn with me there just for a verse as well? Romans chapter 9. Because some people would try to cry out against the holiness of God because that God has allowed sin. But God was not unholy in allowing sin. God would have only been unholy if He actively caused sin or if He tempted any man to sin. But has God ever tempted any man to sin? No. He has not. God has decreed all things that shall come to pass, yet He is not the author of sin. There was no unholiness in God in determining to allow sin to enter in into this world. 
And the Apostle Paul makes that clear. I want you to highlight this in your Bible because Paul answers the, this. Uh, even in so people, some say, well, God is not fair. God is not righteous. God is not holy to choose one person's salvation and to not choose another person. Oh, really? Paul said, Romans 9, 14, what shall we say then to the answer to that question? Is their unrighteousness with God? What did the Apostle Paul say? Uh, God forbid. No way. No way. In any way, in God determining these things and in these areas, was he unholy in any way? He cannot. God cannot commit any evil. Whatever God has done, it is right because God has done it. Because He is holy. He will do all His holy will and He will never will an unjust thing. If God determined for His own glory that to allow sin into the world was the right thing to do, then it was exactly what was right. And one day, even though we can't understand it all or see it all now, God will... Uh, he might, he might, he might not show us at all. He doesn't have to, but I believe that we will understand it by and by, like the song says. But now we just to trust him by faith and live by faith and know that he's a holy God. And like Jesus said, even so, Father, for it seemed good in thy sight. Yeah. So remember then tonight. Uh, the nature of His holiness. Remember how He has demonstrated His holiness uh, to us when you he, he demonstrated it most greatly in the life and ministry of His own Son, uh, the Holy Branch, the Holy One of Israel. All Christ's life, He kept the law to a jot and to a tittle. He was tempted in all points as we are yet without sin. He was completely holy, harmless, and undefiled, the greatest demonstration of, of the holiness of God is we see in Christ Jesus, the Son. Oh, to try to be like Him. Amen. Remember to be thankful for His holiness. Why should we be so thankful for the holiness of God? Because God uses it to convict us of sin. <laughs> if God was not holy, y'all, would we care if we sinned or not? We would not. We would not. We might a little bit try to avoid some sin because of just the awful consequences of it. You know, if you put your hand in a fire, you get burned by the fire. Then probably next time you might think, mm, might not try that again. That hurt pretty bad. But as a, as a, a desire to... Uh, love God for who He is and to see that God is holy. We don't want to offend against someone that is so good and kind and, and holy and God brings us into His light and He shows us the sin and it makes us want to turn from that sin and turn to God. Otherwise, we would never turn from our sin. Without the holiness of God, and we need to be thankful for the holiness of God because it teaches us how to approach God with reverence. Holy and reverend is His name. I don't know what your immediate reaction is when you think about 
the holiness of God. And I, I, might, I might be totally wrong about this, about my reaction, but it makes me tremble. It makes me tremble when I, when I think about His absolute holiness. And uh, only faith in His Word allows me then to know that He's my Father, that He's forgiven me, that He's my friend, that He's my Savior. Well, it's the only way that it could be. And this holiness gives us a desire to be conformed to Him. And it is actually the ground of our love to Him. You actually may not even realize this, but you and I do love God because He's holy. If God was not holy, we would not love Him to the degree that we do. And we don't really think about it that way sometimes, but it's really true. We love Christ. We love God because He actually is of this holy, perfect nature and character. You know, there's, there's fault in the church. There's fault in the, the preacher. But there's no fault in Him. And we love Him. It gives a, And we desire. And, and isn't that what's so awesome? That this is God's original and final intentions for His people is that they be holy. That they be conformed to the image of His Son. Don't you rejoice? And, and, and that, that caused you to rejoice to remember in His holiness because His plan is for me to be holy too. And he's, and he's going to see to it. And he is seeing to it in our lives at this moment and even further, farther on, beloved. So, remember to be thankful for his holiness. He used it to convict us of sin. Say, Brother Nathan, how do you know that? Because Adam and Eve, when they ate the fruit, they knew they were what? They knew that they were naked. And when God, in his holiness, in his unsullied, uh, character in his unsinful nature came and said, where art thou? Where were they? They were hiding themselves because they were convicted of their sin because of the holiness of God. Yes. But hallelujah, his holiness is what has saved us as well. And remember, lastly, as we close, that it is His original and ultimate plan for us to be holy. God made men and angels holy and happy. Now what we all need to understand, and we cannot forget this. You say, well, Brother Nathan, that's true. Then how did the devil fall and how did Adam fall if God made them holy and happy? He didn't put them on an unconditional footing like He did the elect angels. This is a kind of a deep concept, but it's one that if you think the thoughts through enough that you, you have to embrace this, that in God determining to create anything, anything that God created was less than himself and was capable of vanity and sin. If he, never, if he didn't ever want sin or the possibility of vanity to enter the world, he never could have created or made anything because he would have had to have made himself and then 
There would have been two gods and then there wouldn't have been a god. He would have been an idolater. So, but the truth is, is that God, sin cannot, and evil cannot be accounted to God because God made man and angels happy and holy. The scripture verifies this. Uh, just a couple of scriptures. Ecclesiastes 7.29, we're not going to turn there. That is, thou hast made man upright. Jude 6, he talks about uh, the elect angels there. But this is the awesome truth tonight that we love and a lot of people don't understand and won't embrace, but we do gladly that God has decreed and predestined certain men and angels to eternal holiness. Hallelujah. That gives me hope that this holy God and His sovereign will and decree said that this one shall be holy and I will see to it. Even though He will become a sinner, I will justify Him and I will make Him holy and keep Him and her holy and happy forever just as He made us in the beginning to be. Are you glad for that? So we rejoice when we read scriptures like Ephesians 1.4, according as He has chosen us in love before the foundation of the world, that we might be what? Holy. That we might be holy and without what? Blame. Before Him in love. I rejoice in that. That's, that's because of the holiness of God. And, that, and we are thankful at the remembrance of His holiness because we realize that's His original and ultimate plan for us. And God has never wavered from it. And He will never, beloved. No matter what all changes in our lives or in this uh, world, we can count. On the holiness of God. He, has sw- he would not lie to David. He has sworn by his holiness. So the last scripture that I just want to read to you. As I step, step down. <clears throat> it's important that we strive to be holy. We will all try all our days. And never get to where we want to be. Until the redemption of the body. You see, the soul has been redeemed. And that's where all those longings come from. But the flesh is unredeemed and it wars against us. And that's this lifelong struggle. But one day that battle is going to be over. And the victory is going to come to us. And we will sin no more. Hallelujah. But it is important that you and I strive for holiness. Brother Nathan, how do you know that? Man, don't forget this scripture. Hebrews 12, 14. Follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. May the Lord bless you and keep you as our prayer.